Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. And what are we having this week, Casey? So, this week you told me that this murder or whatever the crime is involves potatoes, Mm -hmm. zucchini, and then what was the one other thing? Pumpkin. Oh, and pumpkin. So... I kind of went with that, and I didn't have time to go to the store yesterday, to be honest. (laughs) So I had potatoes, and I've never used my air fryer, so I was like, you know what? Now's a good time to try it. Let's air fry some potatoes. Yes. So, you know, that means I made french fries. And they're quite delicious. Yep, we're actually (laughs) eating them right now. They're so good, and they're so quick to make. Literally, all you have to do is peel some potatoes wash them in some hot water to get like the starch off and then um i put some garlic salt and and um pepper on them and they're so good they are i'm eating them right now sorry if you can hear the crunch but <laughs> asmr we're not professional here i guess <laughs> all right maybe i should finish chewing first huh? <laughs> i don't know i thought you were good talk longer right. so i took a bite yeah okay all right so who are we talking <clears throat> this week so we are talking about Catherine Knight this week, who is very, very infamous in Australia, where she's from. She's probably one of, she's like, I think it's Catherine Knight who's known as in Australia as like one of the most hated women alive there. <laughs> yeah. So this one's for you, Woozies. So... Catherine Knight has a very long history of violence with her partners. Um, She was born in Aberdeen, New South Wales, Australia, to Barbara Rowan, I think is how you say it, Rowan or Rowan, and Ken Knight. And Barbara, her mother, had left her husband to be with Ken. So it was kind of this scandal. Scandal. Um, Yeah, they're from like this little... I don't know if Aberdeen is a little town, but from what I've read in the articles, it said like everybody knew about it. So it was like this scandalous thing. And then Catherine has... Or Barbara had four children from her previous marriage that... I think two of them went to live with her and Ken, and two of them stayed with their father, I believe. And then Catherine and her twin sister, Mary, were born to Barbara and Ken Knight. Oh. Oh, yeah. So two of them lived with um, her previous husband, and then when he died, they came to live with the Knight family. So now they're all living together. But um, the only person Catherine was really close to, besides her twin, Mary, was an uncle, Oscar Knight. He was a champion horseman, but he committed suicide in 1969, and Catherine has always claimed that his ghost um, has always stayed with her, like, throughout her life. That's so creepy. I mean, it just sounds like this girl already... Right off the bat, just had, like, a really hard time Yeah, growing up. Because I'm sure that, like, when you're the kid that's born out of, like, a scandal like that, you're always going to kind of, like, be remembered for that. Yeah. Initially, I guess. Yeah, so it gets worse because Catherine's father, Ken, was also an alcoholic, and he was very abusive. So it was a very tumultuous household, Mm-hmm. Um, growing up. And he often raped her mother, Barbara. <sighs> unfortunately. Yeah. That's just sick. That's so sad for Barbara. Like, she left her husband for this guy, and mm-hmm. now... Ugh, that's so sad. That's a rough situation. Yeah, and I, I didn't really see much about who her first husband was. Nothing... Yeah, none of the articles I looked at said anything about him, so I don't know. He could have been a good person, and she, like, got caught up with this bad guy, and it's unfortunate that she potentially could have left someone good for her for a really bad person. Right. Um, But Barbara wasn't so, like, great herself, and it probably 
you know, the trauma stems from this, but I'm not going to excuse it completely because she was very, very open with her kids about her sex life, which is, it's not not a healthy sex life either, you know? So she would tell her daughters how much she hated sex and hated men, and she would give them, like, details about her abusive relations with him. And, like, that's just... You'd think you want to shield your kids from that. Right. Not good. It's good to be open with your kids, but they don't need to know any of that. Don't be that open. No, honestly, like, I guess, like, if you... I mean, there are parents out there that, like, want to educate their kids on, like, a good relationship, I guess. Yeah. And, like, in that involves sex. So if they... Whatever. If you want to talk to your kids about that, that's up to you. But, like, when you're sharing that kind of abuse with your kids, like... That honestly causes such, like, even just developmental issues. If you grew up, like, hearing this kind of stuff, it, it becomes normalized. Yeah. And almost expected in, in their future relationships. Mm-hmm. For sure. And we're going to see it leaves a mark on Catherine for sure. You know, okay, this is this is kind of a random side note. Okay. But by doing this podcast and us talking this through, I've, like commented a lot on like the parenting or all that I don't know but Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting because I'm learning like how much a a kid's like a childhood can affect the person yeah and I uh I'm pregnant right now for those of you that don't remember so it's kind of interesting because it's like Uh all right so keep in mind don't I mean obviously I'm not gonna talk (laughs) to my child about stuff like that but but like okay this stuff like this really does influence them in the future yeah so it's it's kind of interesting to like learn about it because it's almost like a a really aggressive developmental education class yes (laughs) (laughs) nice phrasing (laughs) thank you um yeah for sure And Catherine later says that she herself was also sexually abused by multiple family members growing up, Um, but she did say never her father. So I'm not sure if she ever, like, confessed as to who those people were. Mm -hmm. And um, I also saw that psychologists psychologists who have looked at her and, like, talked with her and stuff um, say that based off of, like, what they can tell from her behavior and everything and know about her past, they agree that she, yeah, most likely was sexually abused as a kid. She's not making that up. But her accounts of who and when and what happened are, like, varied. And she also could be lying about those kind of details. So it's kind of unclear who exactly it was, if she's trying to protect her father, if he really did, because she right. always claims he never did. So hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and Catherine also, as a kid, had uncontrollable, like murderous rages in response to minor issues. <clears throat> um, Jeez. I think you need bronchoscopy to just clear out your throat. Honestly. <laughs> um, I don't know what that is, but I'll agree. <laughs> I was like, honestly, for real. Like, yeah, seriously. Sounds like a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> where was I? Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, she had like these random bursts of just like pure rage and all of her teachers said that she was a perfectly normally I can speak today normally behaved person most of the time and she was a completely pleasant child but when she like had these fits it was really bad and they would just come out of nowhere sometimes and she was known to be because of these fits in these rages, she was known to be a bully at school. She once assaulted a boy, and this is all, like, before high school, I think, too. Oh, she assaulted a boy with a weapon, and she was injured by a teacher who was... The teacher was fighting back in self-defense against her. 
So the teacher oh had to like God. subdue her and ended up like hurting her somehow. But she was attacking this teacher. And oh yeah, so this was bef- um all early because she left school at 15 years old without learning how to read or write. Holy cow. I don't understand how you make it to 15 years old in school and you still don't know how to read or write. Yeah, That's, how did she how did she I mean, how did she pass try i don't know i don't know how that everyone's works. just like we're gonna pass you because we want you out of our class yeah honestly that could be they're just like and i don't know the educational here. system in australia either how different or similar it is to us here but um yeah if you don't know how to read or write by 15 you definitely probably still be in like elementary school but they can't hold you back that many years but maybe here at least she didn't really have like i don't really know necessarily the situation because what if it was like the the parents obviously wasn't a very good home life so they didn't have the resources to like get her extra help if she needed it yeah and like she might have struggled and then just like stopped trying and then yeah and like you said i don't know the australian education system at all yeah who knows? When she dropped out, she went to work in a clothing factory. But that only lasted about a year, because then she found her dream job, quote-unquote, of cutting awful, O-F-F-A-L? I don't know. Must be Australian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at a slaughterhouse. Um, so that was her dream job, I guess. Wow. So we looked up what awful is and it It sounds awful yeah (laughs) it's the entrails of an animal for food but it looks in the pictures it looks raw so i guess maybe you eat it raw i don't i i I feel like that would just cause so many illnesses i don't know if you'd eat it raw or how yeah i don't know how you'd serve it up maybe be good in an air fryer (laughs) yeah but ooh, yeah Mm. not but you know that does Great. look pretty gory. So someone that would—I don't know her story yet—but someone that can handle that can mm. probably handle a little bit of gore. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Because next, she was promoted at the slaughterhouse to boning, and she was given her own butcher knives. So, oh. and this, like we said, is like apparently her dream job. She loved it. Shoot big. Ooh, yeah. Um, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with working at, you know, a slaughterhouse or whatever. Right. Which isn't the word they used. Um, they called it an abattoir or whatever. And I, I was like, what's that? It's like a fancy word for slaughterhouse. <laughs> so because I don't really know how to pronounce it, I'm saying the less fancy version. Yes. Basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so she was really proud of these butcher knives, and Catherine would hang them above her bed at home, just in case she might need one in the middle of the night or something. In case she had an animal to slaughter? I guess so. I don't... Go off, sis, but no thanks. (laughs) Um, some interior decorating. Just definitely a warning sign. You come in and someone has butcher knives hanging above their bed. <laughs> that's true. I don't think I'd go in that bedroom. No. Yeah. No, that's not where they belong. Uh, she's like, they're just for work. I don't know. So she has, like we said, a history of bad relationships. And the first really prominent one of that is a man named David Kellett. And they met in 1973. And they met as drinking buddies, and they kind of fought a lot together, and they got in brawls while they were drunk, and they had each other's backs in these fights. Wow, she's a very uh, <laughs> tough woman. Yeah. Um, so, great way, great way to meet somebody, I guess. <laughs> it's her way of flirting. Yeah. You know, Apparently. That was my way of flirting, like, in high school, I'd be like socky in the arm <laughs> it was <laughs> they didn't get a lot of guys <laughs> <laughs> nobody likes people, you punching them case <laughs> i know like i remember like the first time like when i first started dating my husband i like jokingly you know just punched him in the arm and he's like why are you hitting me and i'm like oh 
oh my god like so aggressive <laughs> like when he's like asking me why i'm hitting him i'm like oh, i feel so abusive like, he didn't get it before <laughs> yeah I'm like, I'm like wait this isn't what people do you don't just punch each other um <laughs> yeah and you know what else <laughs> you still sometimes do when when you would laugh and you you'd like be laughing so hard you just punch someone's shoulder like oh my god ha, ha, and like punch them like to get your humor out i guess i know i mean the crap out of you because we get laughing and i just whack you because i'm laughing so hard yeah i still do that you do casey has like involuntary arm movements when she gets excited or something i did that to a doctor once i was like laughing and i reached out and punched him in the arm to a doctor at my work i was like I could not like, believe I did that. Did she and, just punch me? Yeah, I saw him, like, look down at his arm and then look up at me and kind of just, like, <laughs> chuckle, like, what, what just happened? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love so it. weird. Okay, anyway, brawls, flirting. Let's right, go. right. Um, little Maybe. different with you, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So, they ended up getting married in 1974. As, as you do, as you do. Yes, it was a whirlwind romance. <laughs> um, they were both drunk during their marriage. <laughs> during their wedding but yeah their marriage too um and barbara at the wedding um so barbara is Catherine's mom she said to david the old girl said to me to watch out you you better watch this one or she'll kill you stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked don't ever think of playing up on her she'll kill you so um kind motherly advice yeah yeah (laughs) And if your mother is saying that about you, she knows you got some issues. Right. And you, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't marry somebody after hearing that, but okay. I mean, but they always fight anyway. It's probably just like a, yeah, she'll mess you up if you ever do anything to hurt her. Right. So just don't. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. It's not even like, like, it's like a, I'm my own big brother thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like. (laughs) I don't have to depend on my big brother to beat you up because I can do it. I can do it. Myself. Yeah. Um, And their wedding night, Catherine choked him in his sleep because he only had sex with her three times. The the nerve. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mean to laugh, but that is like... Wait, kill him? She didn't kill him, but she was mad at him. So she was like, started to strangle him. Yeah, she was... She was trying to like hurt him obviously um because she was mad that he fell asleep and she wanted him to have more sex (laughs) on their wedding night yeah she was like you (laughs) (laughs) oh dare you yes that is well you know i mean like i said their relationship started off with fighting so maybe that was like a little she was trying to get him in the mood yeah (laughs) that was that was the way that they flirted yeah perhaps well (laughs) i mean maybe it was but they had a very violent and abusive relationship throughout their entire marriage um and she was the one who was often very violent towards him Mm -hmm. um once once when she was pregnant um so they're going to have a uh, her and David are going to have a child now, and she was pregnant, and she burned all of his clothes and shoes before hitting him across the back of the head with a frying pan <gasps> because he came home late from a darts competition that he had, and he was late because he made it to the finals, <laughs> so he could play some more, and he came home, and she, you know, cracked his skull. What year did this happen in again? This is, um... I'm not sure what year that particular incident happened, but they married in 1974. Okay. In the 70s. Okay. Yes. Oh, um, it was 1976 then, because that's when she gave birth to her daughter, and she was okay. pregnant, so something like that. Okay. Um, he went to the neighbors for some help, like, oh, I've got a skull fracture. Can you help me? Jeez. And police wanted him to press charges when they showed up, but she sweet-talked him out of it, and he didn't. So she was all of a sudden very, you know, calm. And she was like, it was all a misunderstanding. It was an accident. Like, I don't know what she said. I don't know what she said. But he didn't press charges. And 
she was all of a sudden Miss Cupcake, I guess. Wow. You know, that's sad because that really shows like the cycle of abuse. And it's interesting because it was it was like the other way around. Yeah. Like a lot of women that are abused. Um, it's typically, you know, you, you originally, you, when you think of abuse in marriage, you think of it being the woman, but it's not right. the case. Yeah. Usually, or sometimes the woman is the one that's abusive. Mm-hmm. And that's like the cycle of abuse where they do, they like escalate, like they build, 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 and then they do something really crazy, send you to the hospital. Sometimes even the person ends up dead. Yeah. And then, but if, if they don't end up dead, then they go, oh, no, no, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. And then, like, sweet talk them. And you want to believe them. Yeah, exactly. And then it's just going to continue. That whole cycle is just going to start over again. Yeah. So it's probably really what happened sad. with him. Yep. It like, definitely is what happened with him. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. And, yeah, it's really sad. And she obviously, she grew up seeing this cycle. And... Mm-hmm she knows what to say and what to do and what to act because she saw her parents do it over and over again. Oh. So that's my guess is that's how she knows how to talk her way out of these situations. Mm-hmm. So May 1976, she gave birth to her first daughter, Melissa Ann. And shortly after um, their daughter's birth, um, David left her for another woman. And he moved to Queensland to try, he, so he moved pretty far away, I think, um, to avoid her abusive and violent behavior. Um, and the very next day after she gave birth, oh, oh no, not after she gave birth, sorry. The very next day after he left her, she was seen pushing Melissa, the baby, in a pram around town, but she was throwing the pram, like, side to side, very violently. Obviously, the baby was, like, gonna fly out of it any second, and she was sent to St. Elmo's Hospital, because people obviously called it in. They're like, this psycho woman is, like, throwing this pram around on the sidewalk, Um, and she was diagnosed with postnatal depression, Okay. so she was having these episodes that definitely contributed to that yeah um after being released from saint elmo's after only two months there like the very same day i think that she was released she placed baby melissa on a railway line left her there stole an axe and went into town threatening to kill people so she's clearly not unstable i mean she's clearly not stable and should still be in the hospital i can't Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who found who found Melissa? So, a man around town known as Old Ted found Melissa and saved her within minutes that the train was coming. So, that's so yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Thank God he was there and like and jumped down there to save her and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, postpartum depression is so real. You know, after you give birth, becoming depressed, but like that sounds like, and this is actually a real thing too, postpartum psychosis. Oh, yeah. Probably. And so she she might, well, but the thing is, then she was triggered probably by her husband leaving her. And, yeah. But she was already kind of abusive and probably already had mental issues on top of that. So I don't even know if you can necessarily just say it was a psychosis. But that sounds pretty psychotic. Yeah. That's... It's a mental break. That's something <laughs> beyond, you know being just depressed in my right. mind because yeah. like when you hear about like women you know killing their whole families a lot of the time that's what's to blame is that it's postpartum psychosis wow not always some some women are just that way that way but yeah. a lot of the times it's crazy yep um so she okay, was arrested what? <laughs> what i'm just thinking if you even see a glimmer of crazy in my eye, oh. hit me in the back of the head with a frying pan. <laughs> okay. I give you permission. Just knock me out. Bonk. Oh, man. It's, all right. Okay. <laughs> I got you back. Good. <laughs> Just a glimmer of crazy. If you're like, ooh, that, she's wild. Okay. Let, like, let me find ooh. the frying pan. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, locate one in the house every time I come. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then when the police come, we're like, it's okay, she gave me permission. <laughs> it's not recording here. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so she was arrested for endangering Melissa, obviously, and she was sent back to St. Elmo's, but checked herself out the very next day. How can you check yourself out, like... After that happens, I, I feel don't like you, know. you should be held there. Yeah, I mean, I know hospitals like that, I think they have they have to be, you know, like, voluntary, right? but, like, with that sort of situation, does it really have to be? I don't think so. Like, there's um involuntary holds for, like, 48 hours, right? Yeah, like yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, so she checked herself out. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, a few days later, so a few days after this, this is just like a series of wrong, um, she slashed a woman's face with her, her beloved knives um, and demanded that this woman drive her to Queensland because she was going to track down David and find him. Oh my gosh. And I, I guess she didn't have a car or something, which is why she had to attack someone. Um, the woman escaped... But, and she went and got the police, but by the time the police got back to Catherine, she had, she had found a young boy and she was holding him hostage with her knife. Yeah, this is just crazy. It's just chaotic. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening all within a very short period of time. Um, the police managed to disarm her with brooms. Don't ask me how. I'd love to see that video. Yeah. I, don't they have guns on them i don't know maybe that's just american but (laughs) yeah i don't know where did the brooms come from where were they (laughs) do the police in australia walk around with brooms i don't know Uh, people from australia need to like help us out uh, this (laughs) is confusion for me (laughs) um i don't know but they disarmed it with brooms i guess maybe wait maybe brooms stands for something else in australia (laughs) (laughs) um no. Beating, random, <laughs> odd. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. I'm not saying like it like... <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? You mean like it means something. Like a like nickname? A... Not literally it's an acronym. Not like a... <laughs> I'm not saying it's an Oh, that's where my brain goes. <laughs> I meant like it like it just like means something else. Like brooms is actually a, a police baton oh i don't know though let me look it up okay it's more plausible than what i yeah when you say it stands for something that's where my brain goes i guess it's true i'm just looking it up really quick and i'm not finding anything me either well maybe they were just legit brooms <laughs> which is really funny Oh, broom, B-R, because uh, I, I kept finding, like, B-R-O-O-M-E. I'm like, oh, what does that stand for? But it's a town in Australia. Oh. So that's not correct. So that was my only lead, but that leads to nowhere, so. Darn it. Okay, so yeah, okay. We, don't, we don't know what broom means. <laughs> or it just means a broom. It's literally just broom. What you sweep with. Okay. Well, where was I? Sorry. Oh, okay. So <laughs> they were so able just... to get the boy away with brooms. Oh, yes. So, Catherine told the nurses, so I guess she went back to the hospital after this, again. Um, she had intended to kill the mechanic at a service station because he repaired David's car, which allowed him to leave. So, it was his fault, and he had to die, I guess. And then she was going Should to... have done it. Yeah. And then she said she was going to kill... Um, her husband, David, and his mother when she got there in Queensland. Like, how dare you? And I guess his mother by extension. Um, So when police informed David of what happened, and he's like, Catherine is looking for you, and she said she's going to kill you and your mom, he and his mother, he left his girlfriend, and he and his mother moved back to Aberdeen to support Catherine and help her out. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I would have been like, I'll leave Australia. But they were like, let's move back. And she, I mean, okay, that says about them. Like, 
they're trying they're like oh she obviously needs help she's going through a lot and well, she has mental issues so they, they want to help child, her too there right that so too that probably is a big part of it it's like they want to make sure that melissa's safe yeah how has melissa not been taken from her yet honestly i don't know don't know it's crazy um she was released august 9th 1976 and she got a, do- a job oh my god at dinmore meatworks so a similar a <laughs> right similar job if not the exact same just a different place shouldn't we keep her away from the butcher knives i yeah attacked a woman's i'm saying yeah i don't know i don't she keeps getting away with a lot i mean she okay. must be like a real sweet talker i don't know like she must be i don't know um but march 6 1980 so a few years later she okay. and david have another daughter natasha marie so they're still together it's been a wow. few years yeah but in 1984 Catherine left david and decided what? to live alone so after all of that after having two kids with him and she was so mad that he left her the first time. Um, he After he came back to help her out, she left him. So I'm like, okay. I am so confused. It's got to end on her terms, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. And in 1986, Catherine met David Saunders. Oh, so another it, David. Yeah, another David. So the David from here on out is going to be this next David, David Saunders. And they moved in with each other and her two daughters. And um, she was often jealous of him. It's, you know, same thing happened. She was constantly worried about what he was doing. And she would kick him out of her place a lot because they lived at her apartment. And but they kept getting back together. He kept coming back. You know, it was like a vicious cycle of repetition Mm -hmm. of kicking him out, coming back, blah, blah, blah. Um, May 1987, she cut the throat of his dingo pup in front of him. And she said, this is what would happen to you if you even consider having an affair. So she killed his dog. And that's like really sick and terrible and sad. I can't. I. That's so messed up. Yeah. To just. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would, I believe her. If if someone did that to me, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm dead if I ever mess up. Yeah. Like, I would take her very, I mean, she got her point across, definitely. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But that's horrible. I mean, that's, at that point, where, like, there's not going to be any love there. No. At least not on his side. No. I mean, and with her, I don't even, like, it's like an obsessive infatuation, I think. I don't even... If you're just, willing to, like, threaten people like that, you don't know how much you actually love them. Right. Is it, like, more of a control thing at that point? Yeah. Hmm. But in June 1988, she gave birth to another daughter, Sarah. And this daughter is with David Saunders. Um, and so they got a house together. They moved out of their apartment and got a house because they have a child now. And... They had a pretty bad argument over something, and she hit him in the face with an iron and stabbed him with scissors in the stomach. So, it, who knows? It could have been minor, it could have been a big thing, but mm-hmm. yeah. And after that, he left and went into hiding. He went into hiding from wow. her. Wow. Yeah. And she tried to find him, but nobody would help her, obviously. Um, but he came back a few months later because he wanted to see his daughter. Oh. Um, and realized she had put an AVO against him and she had told the police that she was afraid of him. And AVO is apprehended violence order. So she was saying like he was being violent towards her and she was worried about him. So basically he couldn't really go around her. But, oh, and then, and then that meant his daughter, too. Yeah. That's so I'm sad. Yeah. And obviously they would believe the, the woman and not the man, which is just unfortunate. Right. Yeah. That I feel like you should be able, if someone's requesting a restraining order, 
shouldn't you look into what's going on in their life and maybe you can see her arrest records and things like that? I don't know. Right. I mean, like, you know, it doesn't mean that you can, like, deny the restraining order. If that girl, if that person wants to stay away from them, then fine. Yeah. But if it affects the custody of the child, then I feel like that should be investigated further. Yeah. But she met a new man <laughs> in 1990, and... She's pregnant again with John Chillingworth. Oh, so done with the Davids? Yep. Wait, she was pregnant again? She's pregnant again in 1990. And this time she had a boy named Eric. Okay, so this is what's going to scare me because originally she's been having girls. Mm -hmm. And although she has been violent to other women, you know, I think a lot of her issues are with men. Yeah. So now her having a boy... Um. I think is a little scary as far as I, I like I don't know what's gonna happen yeah I mean but I'm just calling it now that I would not I would not want her to have a boy no as I a, mean based on her track record yeah yeah so we'll see who knows so she has a son with John yes and there's not much information about that relationship but it just says they had relationship for three years with random acts of violence throughout um I didn't really find any details in the articles I was looking at. But, so, after three years with him, she left him uh, uh, for a man she was cheating on him with, John Price. What is up with <laughs> I know. double name? I know. So, she's with two Davids, and now she's with her second John. I don't know, man. She has That's a funny. type, clearly. Okay. <laughs> Johns and Davids. Um, so, John Price knew of her... And knew her reputation, but I guess he saw something in her, like, I can fix or something like that, you know? Kind of that attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had two kids from a previous relationship. And he and his two kids, uh, they said they loved her at first. That everything was roses and whatnot. And it it was just going good. Mm -hmm. But because he knew her reputation... She was begging and pleading for them to get married, and he didn't want to. Oh. He, was, he wasn't he was sure about that step yet, and she took this very badly. She really wanted to get married. So they fought about it so much that he ended up kicking Catherine out of the home, and in retaliation to that, Catherine got him fired from his job of 17 years by sending them a video of him taking things from work. And what he took were, um, I'm assuming he works somewhere medical, because they were out-of-date medical kits that were in the rubbish, so they weren't being used or anything. I mean, it's still bad to take it, but I don't know what he wanted or needed them for, but he was taking out-of-date, thrown-away medical kits, and they fired him anyway for that. So, How did he have the video of that? I don't know. I don't know how she got that, but she showed them the video. So she knew about it. Huh. I'm, I don't know, man. It didn't really say, but she got him fired. Uh, so they were separated for a while after that, but then John reached out to reconnect with her. I, and I don't get it. I don't know why these men stick around or he reached out to her to reconnect. And David did the same thing. He came, um, David Kellett, right? He came back to help her. I don't know what her pull and her draw is for these guys, because I don't know. I mean, she was probably like a super sweet person up until she wasn't. Right. Thing. Yeah. I don't know. But so they reconnected, but John had some conditions. He said Catherine was not allowed to move in with him and his kids yet. They were dating, but she couldn't live with them at this time. Um, but the quickling the quickling the fighting quickly started again and john's friends started to separate from him they were like if she's gonna be in your life we can't be around you because she's just a loose cannon wow yeah and yeah that's just like protecting yourself so i don't blame them yeah but that's the whole thing is like if even your friends are like no like i won't because she like well my whole thing is if even if she, like she's acting like that in front of his friends too, mm-hmm. I wouldn't take that as just like an every now and then thing that she does. Like, no, I would take it that like frequently whenever they hang out, she like loses her mind on them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So you're right. What is the draw to this Catherine? I don't know. I don't know. It is now February 2000, and their abusive fights were getting more physical and, like, more intense, and it's just kind of a big buildup going on. And during one of their fights, Catherine stabbed him in the chest, and he ended their relationship again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, February 29th, 2000, John took a restraining order uh, against Catherine, finally. And he told his co-workers the day he got the restraining order, if he didn't come to work the next day, Catherine had killed him. Uh-oh. And it's never a good sign if you're saying that to somebody. Mm-mm. That's just like self-fulfilling prophecy, bad omens if you're saying that, you know? So. Right. Mm. And his co-workers, uh, they all told him, don't go home. Are you crazy? Like, go, like stay with us or stay somewhere else. Right. Or she wouldn't, I don't know. But he told them he was afraid she would kill his kids. So he had to go home to make sure they were safe and to make sure she wouldn't go after his kids if she found out he didn't come home. That's so messed up. Yeah. That would be so scary to be worried about your kids like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um. So earlier that same night, Catherine had made a video. It's a really weird video. I haven't seen it. But from what it sounds like, she taped her kids. And while she was, like, filming her kids, she was making these, like, statements that kind of... It was like an unofficial will of hers. Like, she was saying, like, I want you to have this, or blah, blah, blah. Like, stuff like that. It's really weird from what I gather. Mm -hmm. So he came home from work. John Price did, and saw that his house was empty. And that was, like, you know, not a good sign for him because his kids were supposed to be home. Oh, no. So it turns out Catherine, I don't, she's not living with them, so I don't know why they would listen to her, but she had sent them to a sleepover to someone else's house, and they went. So, I mean, I'm glad they're out of the way. They're they're safe. But it's really weird that they were like, okay, or maybe they're afraid of her, too, so they're just going to do what she says. Yeah. And so John was suspicious, and he went to a neighbor's, like, can I just hang out here for a while? But he came back home at around 11 p.m., showered, and went to bed. While he was sleeping, Catherine broke in, showered, and then woke John up to have sex. (laughs) very weird string of events. I, uh, uh, no words. I know. What? Okay. And he's okay with it? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I think, like, he is really scared of her, obviously. He's just gonna be like, okay, sure. We'll allow it. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what the thought process is there, but mm-hmm. clearly he was afraid of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next morning... A neighbor was worried that his car was still in the driveway. And this neighbor and a co-worker who was like, why is he not at work? They knocked on his door and knocked on his windows to try and wake him up because they're like, maybe he slept in or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they saw blood on the front door and they Oof. called the police Okay. without going inside. Good, smart move. Yeah. Um, so police, when they got there, broke down the door and found John's body... And Catherine, who was comatose on the floor, um, she had taken a ton of pills. So it was perhaps a suicide attempt. Um, I think it was a suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. And at some point in the night, she had stabbed John 37 times with her butcher knife. (gasps) Oh my gosh. And this is like totally, like she thought this out. Yeah. Because she has sent the kids away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So police realized from the blood tracked throughout the house, they kind of pieced together what had happened. She had stabbed him in the bed and he tried to get up because they could see the blood trail from the bedroom downstairs and he had opened the front door and managed to get outside um but somehow ended up back inside the house and he had died in the hallway to the front door um from blood loss because he was stabbed so many times so they're guessing 
he he made it outside maybe she grabbed him pulled him back inside or he fell back inside something like that happened yeah yeah um very that's so unfortunate that he literally made it outside could have possibly escaped maybe someone could have been walking by and saw but unfortunately nobody did um and we'll never know like exactly like what went down that night yeah so Catherine, she's comatose she's not dead from the pills okay and they found out that later that night after she had um killed him Mm -hmm. she went to an atm and removed one thousand dollars from his account so pretty suspicious activity if she was planning on getting away with it i mean right duh um but here's where it gets really uh nasty i mean it's nasty but it's bad potatoes haven't come into play yet no they haven't but they're about to so she managed to hang him on a meat hook on the door to the lounge at some point during the night i'm not sure about the events okay so at some point the the when and how the when of the events is really muddled in my brain sorry right but um i mean this is just I literally wrote this down as I saw it in the article, and right now, to me, it's not making sense. But, so she managed to hang him on a meat hook on a door, and she skinned him and decapitated him. She then cooked parts of his body with the baked potatoes, pumpkin, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. So she was making a freaking whole, like, stew. Yeah. With his body parts as the meat. Yeah. What? It's disgusting. At that point, that's like not even rage. Like that's just like like I don't even I don't even know where that's that another comes level. from. Yeah. Um, and then this is even more nasty. I mean, if it can be, she set two bowls of the stew at the table. <gasps> with notes addressed to each of his children. Ah! So she was planning on bringing the children back and serving them this stew. She wanted them to eat it. And thank God it never got to that. The kids were gone this whole time. Uh, The psychological trauma that would have... I mean, this is trauma enough for those kids. Like, that would have been so beyond disgusting and twisted i can't even imagine oh my god well i mean this just happened in the 80s right so this is 2000 oh geez okay just happened in 2000 so these kids are like adults now and mm-hmm. just and obviously this information is just out there so they know yeah. what happened to their father that's just so sad oh yeah i just like i can't even that's just messed up to even know that that had happened to your father and like yeah that that could have possibly happened to like you could have ugh, possibly been served him is just so disgusting yeah this lady is so messed up like she crossed like what am i saying she crossed the line of course the whole time she's crossing lines but like i, I don't even know like at one point it's abusive now it's just now it's just psycho crazy. Yeah. Losing her mind. That's just insane. And she treated him like an animal, like one of the oh, yeah. animals that she butchers. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think I cleared it up, what I was confused about the timeline earlier. Um, police said he died in that front foyer, like by the door. And I think he did. He died of blood loss there. And then afterwards, wow. she like dragged him to the kitchen and did all that. So yes, I think... That makes sense. Yeah. So... A third meal was, so she had the two bowls set at the table, and a third one was found thrown on the back lawn. So they believe, it's not clear about that, but they believe Catherine herself tried to eat this meal and, like, couldn't do it and, like, tossed it up in the yard, um, which is just disgusting. Oh, is that too far for you, Catherine? Yeah, is it? Like, I don't, I... <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, police found John Price's head in a boiling pot of vegetables 
and the pot was still warm so it was still boiling okay so also she had skinned him peeling the skin off so precisely and expertly that the entire skin was intact so and the police were like because normally you don't find people who are like good at that like because why would you be and um so they were shocked by like how perfect it was the entire body is one piece like she managed to skin it off like that so obviously she knows these skills from her job and it is so sick she's able to apply it to a human being okay i'm just so confused because yeah for one that's disgusting um how did she have the time to do all this right i mean he went home and he was in bed at 11 Mm -hmm. so that happens then she goes and she's so then she she goes she takes a shower at some point in that time like was it as soon as he fell asleep like i don't know but she goes in takes a shower and then apparently has sex with him yeah Mm mm-hmm and then in all that time is able to stab him 30 something times you know chase him outside whatever the heck happened yep let him die in the front foyer or front hall whatever and then for just her drag him to the kitchen Mm -hmm. hang him up skin him with such precision that would take time. Yeah. That would take a lot of time. Decapitate probably. him. That would probably take time, too. <sighs> All of that, like, takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Then go and cook him up, serve these little, serve it all up, and then try it and throw it out in the yard. You know, all of that just... Mm-hmm. And she went to the like, ATM that night. Oh, and, yeah, she left at one point. Yep. I think, my guess is, I mean, obviously, I still don't know how she did this all, but my guess is while she was letting him bleed out on the floor, she went and got the ATM, went to the ATM or something. But Oh, yeah. That would make sense. But, but still. still, I mean, that's a lot of time. So, yeah. Um, I guess she was... Clearly, she was good at it, unfortunately. Um, but one thing, the skin was intact, so they were able to reattach it to his body for the funeral. So... I mean, at least there's that, but... And then Catherine had arranged the body by draping the left arm over an empty soft drink bottle and crossed his legs. Not sure why. Yeah, so she had arranged and, like, draped the body, so she was posing it, clearly, and she had left a note on a picture of him, and the note was stained with blood and had, like, a bit of flesh on it, and it said, and it was filled with uh, spelling errors because she was illiterate. Oh, spell, yeah. yeah. And it said, time you got back, Jonathan, for rapping, raping, my daughter, uh, daughter, oh. you to Beck, who is Price's daughter, for Ross, for little John, his son, now play with little John's dick, John Price. What? It doesn't make sense. She's clearly trying... From this note, it's trying to, like, accuse him of, like, raping her daughter, and that's why she did it. Right. And stuff like that. She's like, I'm getting you back. It's, but, I mean, all of these accusations in this note are found, like, groundless. Like, they don't hold any weight. She totally made it up. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's just ridiculous. So, the trial took quite a while to arrange because jury members were offered an out um that they could drop out if they once they were shown the pictures of the case they were like if this is too much you can leave and a lot of people did so it took a long time to actually get 12 jurors to stick around yeah um and Catherine initially tried to plead guilty to manslaughter claiming she did not remember anything from the whole night. She said she had amnesia. So this plea was rejected, however, and she was charged with his murder, and to that she pleaded not guilty. So, because she didn't want the seriousness of that charge. 
And the trial was fixed for October 15th, 2001. And um, psychiatrists agreed with the amnesia possibility, although they did not think she was sane. So they think she's insane. And um, they say it's a possibility she doesn't remember some things, but we believe she's lucid enough that night. Because she did have a lot of drugs in her system, and they're wondering what, when did she take those? Were they in effect when this was happening, or did she do it afterwards? It's just, like, unclear. And Catherine pleaded her innocence the whole trial. She said she didn't do it. She doesn't remember any of this, so she couldn't have done it. Um, And at her sentencing... She was found guilty, obviously. And at her sentencing, she became, like, extremely hysterical and had to be sedated. So she was, it was just like, she was like a whirlwind throughout the whole trial. And on November 8th, she was sentenced to the harshest possible sentence you could get in Australia, which is life in prison with no possibility of parole. So her papers were marked never to be released. So she can, she can't do appeals she can't do any of that and that is the harshest sentence they have in australia um and she became the first woman ever in australia to get that sentence in two and that's like oh that was not that long ago no that was 2001 uh not a good legacy to have i mean no breaking the glass ceiling right nope (laughs) but like she's a yeah wow that is insane. Mm-hmm. She is insane. She is insane. She is serving her time in Silverwater Women's Correctional Center currently. Um, and since her sentencing, she has been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. um, and a few other things as well. But they all agree, like everyone, like all the doctors all agree, despite these diagnoses, this diagnosis she was conscious of her actions that night so they're saying yeah she's insane yeah she has these mental mm-hmm. issues but right. she was lucid knew what she was doing right like and needs to be held accountable right yeah okay and obviously she's had issues her whole life that have gone undiagnosed um unfortunately and she's been in hospitals before so i'm I mean, she just didn't get evaluated for those things, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess the mental, the, not mental, the um, healthcare system did kind of fail her at that point. Yeah. Because there were several times where she was hospitalized and you know, this, kind of, this could have been avoided. Yeah. In 2006, she did try to appeal the sentence um, saying that her sentence was harsher than the crime. And the judge Uh, denied that and said, no, it was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society. So he was like, you're funny. Your your papers are marked never to be released. No, you are not getting out of here. Uh, What does she mean, the punishment? That's horrible. Yeah. That's, That's absurd. I can't believe that. Utterly absurd. You butchered a man... And wanted to serve him as a stew to his children. That is, you were sitting in prison. That is not a harsher punishment for your crime. Like, that is what you deserve. Like, we're not taking pieces of you and cooking you. Oh, my God. That's the nerve. I can't believe any lawyer would agree to be like, yeah, let's ask the judge that. Like, no way. I mean, maybe it's their job. But, like, no way. That is so weird. But that is all I've got on Catherine Knight, and she is Australia's, like, most hated woman, I've heard. (laughs) You know, I don't really blame Australia for hating her. I don't, I'm not really her biggest fan either. No, endangering children, Mm -hmm. attacking random people on the street all the time, brawling, like, she's just a a bad egg. Just abusive. I want to look up a picture of her. Oh, she's not pretty. She's not? How did she get all these I don't guys? No, but she's not really a looker. Sorry, but... <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. Catherine Knight. With a K. Oh, she's... Come on. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, 
don't understand the appeal at all. No. Not that looks are everything, but I mean, why would you stay with someone that crazy? Well, it's like, why would you stay with them? Why would you go- keep on going back to them? Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Not a <laughs> fan. Nope. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, as uh, you guys know, we always post pictures of the, we always post the recipes and the pictures on our social medias. Yeah. Um, so just go back, just go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter um, to see a picture of her and to try, it does not explain anything. It does not help. It doesn't. It does not help to know like what the heck was going through her mind. Yep. But anyway, all right. <laughs> On that note, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you just heard a sprinkle of sugar, a dash of murder. <laughs>